0: Welcome to the Ankylosing Spondylitis Podcast. My name is Jason Sacco and I'm your host. As a 35 plus year spondy, I'm looking to use this show to bring the spondy community closer. I'll give my lifelong battle with A.S. to you. That includes triumphs, tragedies, and lessons. So sit back, enjoy, and know you are not alone. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Ankylosing Spondylitis Podcast. My name is Jason Sacco, and I want to welcome you to another episode where we're going to talk about something that affects all of us to various degrees. What is that? Fatigue and how to potentially fight it. So how do you know if you're dealing with fatigue or if you're just plain tired? Well, as I was searching around, I saw this great article from a website called Creaky Joints, and as I read through it, it made me think of some things I've seen posted on the various Facebook forums everybody talked about this fatigue, kind of had to stop and think, well, is that person maybe tired or is it fatigue? What brings about the fatigue? And one person even said, you know, fatigue is just like, it's taking all of my energy. And so I thought that was kind of interesting. In reading this article, it talked about what is fatigue versus being tired. Fatigue is a symptom you need to pay attention to because it is a red flag for so many underlying diseases. It's often the driving symptom that leads patients to come in and eventually get diagnosed, says Allie Cohen, a rheumatologist in New Jersey. Medically speaking, you know, fatigue is characterized by a feeling of weakness and chronic lack of energy. I can certainly relate to this. A number of years ago, I was just I had moved, I had boxes to unpack in my new home, and just the thought of, you know, when I got home from work, sit on the couch for a minute to collect my thoughts, and just the thought of trying to unpack a box exhausted me before I even lifted a hand to do anything. And I'd fall asleep right there sitting on the couch. Yeah, I had worked eight, nine hours that day, but my job wasn't that taxing. So I was a little concerned, couldn't figure it out, talked to my doctor. For me, it became an issue with testosterone. Uh, mine was extremely low. And when you top that low testosterone off with taking three about 3,600 milligrams of gabapentin a day, uh, I, I just couldn't function properly. I, I couldn't think properly. So we adjusted the, I went on to an injectable testosterone. I switched up kind of some of my medications and how I took them, and that helped immensely. But for all of us, it's going to be different. It's either going to be medication, the disease, or some combination of the two. So there's really like five questions you can think about when you're looking at, is it tiredness or fatigue? And those are, one, do you wake up tired even after a full night's sleep? Two, do you find it difficult to muster energy for activities you enjoy or, you know, are normally excited about? Three, do you skip important daily activities, you know, like showering or do you take a day off work because you're just too exhausted to even and think about them? Four, do you sleep, you know, more than seven, eight hours at a night and still wake up tired? And five, uh, has the exhaustion lasted you more than a week? If those are how you're feeling on any given day, you know, you really want to talk to your doctor about that because it's probably fatigue and not just simply, you know, you need a couple extra hours of sleep uh, because even extra sleep isn't going to help you pull out of that fatigue. So when we look at this, we say, well, what can cause fatigue in a chronic illness? Number one is Pain. You know, if I'm in pain and my body has to continuously process how to deal with that pain, then there really isn't a lot of energy for other things. So having to then take energy off of, think about cooking or communicating with other people or any of that just is something that can't even mentally comprehend or even want to deal with. What can cause the pain is inflammation. If you're having a lot of inflammation, even a flare that can really, like I said, jumpstart the pain which can then jumpstart the fatigue. So if you're dealing with chronic inflammation from AS, it's not under control, uh, you're probably gonna experience more pain and hence more uh, fatigue. So again, they kind of build off of each other and if you can get that inflammation under control, you may lessen that pain and thereby have less fatigue to deal with. You may have multiple health problems on top of AS, You could have fibro or any other number of different uh, conditions, autoimmune diseases that could, you know, when you layer those on top of each other, it's just going to be too much for the body and want to put the body into kind of a shutdown mode to deal with the fatigue, the pain, the inflammation. So, again, these items are all items that you're going to want to really talk to your doctor about. And then, lastly, We all know medication side effects can lead to potentially increased fatigue. You know, biologics can cause fatigue. One of the main things that we use to treat AS, being biologics, can turn around and and cause more fatigue, which we thought we were getting rid of by taking the biologics to reduce the inflammation, to reduce the pain, to fix the fatigue. So it can be a vicious circle. Again, I'm not a doctor. This is not medical advice. I'm not telling you not to take your... Biologic or to look for a different one, but these are all things that you want to be able to comfortably talk to your doctor about. So, how do we really cope with this fatigue that we all experience? Well, I'm going to go through these next 20 items and they're kind of broken down into sections based upon each particular topic. So, change your medication regime. One, consider injections instead of pills. You know, the same drug, a doctor may tell you that if you take it in a pill form versus an injection form, it may cause extra fatigue or additional fatigue that you wouldn't experience with an injection. Medication might not be available as an injection like gabapentin wasn't, but there are some that there may be that option for you. So in this article, a Dr. Cohen mentions methotrexate. She says that with the pills, you may have to take more of the medication to get a therapeutic dose because it has to pass through your gastrointestinal tract. Whereas if you uh, take an intramuscular injection, you can also use less medication as it goes directly to your bloodstream. I'll have a link to that common questions about methotrexate in the show notes, and you can look that up and talk to your doctor about any medications you're taking if, if injections are an option. Number two. Schedule injections for weekends. If you have biologic that you take that you experience fatigue from it, if you can schedule it for a Friday or a Saturday, that gives you two to three days to try and recuperate from it. So that's certainly something that you want to talk to your doctor about and see if they can set you up for a Friday or even Saturday dosage of your medication. Number three, split up doses. You know, another potential way to handle the medication-related fatigue is to actually split your doses and take them at different times in the day. I do that with my gabapentin now. Instead of taking just a big dose all at once at the beginning of the day, I take some in the morning and some in the evening, and I experience less of the brain fog and, and issues with that. Number four, ask about timing around morning versus evening. In some cases, your medication, if it, it's known to cause any type of fatigue or tiredness, talk to your doctor about whether you could take that medication in the evening right before you go to bed. If you're having trouble sleeping, that might help with some of that and you get the benefit of it. So, you know, again, talk to your doctor about that. Uh, your pharmacist can tell you which cause, you know, any type of fatigue or, or tiredness, and then you can write that down and take that and discuss it with your doctor. Next Under protect your mental health, five, you know, see a psychiatrist or a therapist. You know, if you're feeling that the fatigue is causing additional issues in your life, whether it be depression or anything where you think talking to a third party might help, go for it. With a psychiatrist, you may be prescribed an additional medication. Therapist, probably not, unless they lead you back to talk to something to your doctor about but either one of those, there's no shame in going out and talking to somebody about dealing with your mental health issues if, if they're present. Number six, use the spoon theory when talking to loved ones. Now, I have to admit that this was new to me. And, you know, so I started looking at the basic premise is that you have a spoonful of energy available for each task you need to get done each day. Every time you do something, you remove a spoon. People with chronic illness start each day with fewer smaller spoons than healthy people, and everyday tasks require more spoons when you have a chronic illness than when you don't. So you can run out of spoons much faster than a healthy person, i.e. your energy, much more quickly than those around you. So if you have a, a spouse, family member, whoever, that is more of a visual thinker, that spoon theory might help. Number seven, don't overdo it on the good days. This is one that gets me a lot. On the days when our illnesses are bad, we all know to kind of take it easy and gentle and hope for the next good day down the road. But on those days when we feel good, those days when we feel, quote, unquote, healthy, those are the days when we go at it as hard as anybody with a chronic illness can. We try to power through everything. We do things like we remember doing them before, push, 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 push. And what happens? We go to bed. And that next morning we wake up and feel like we've been run over by a tank. And that can last one, two, three, five days, however many it is. But it's overdoing it on those good days that really gets me. And I I know I've read from some of the other other folks that it gets you as well. Number eight, know your limits and be firm with others about what your limits are. That can come down to if you're family members ask you to help with moving something, you might not be able to do that anymore. So if you have lupus or AS or any type of chronic illness and folks are asking you to come out after work, come out on the weekends, go, 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 go. You might be able to do one of those items and not be in so much pain the next few days that it makes sense, but you have to know what that limit is and you have to stick to it. And then once you stick to it, you have to be firm with your friends. If they start to give you, you know, friends or family, if they start to give you a hard time about why you're not participating, why you're not coming along, whatever it is, you have to be very protective of, of your health. Consider supplements. Uh, number nine, try CBD. See a lot of questions on that. And we may have to do some whole episodes just on CBD. Some people have great relief from it. Some have okay, some have none. I really think it's a, function of the product you're taking and how consistently you're taking it one particular person said honestly cbd has made the biggest difference in treating my fibromyalgia more than any prescription meds i've tried she was i'm still tired but i feel less of that crushing exhaustion so that's a great response to cbd but again not everybody has that so make sure to read the labels and try it see what happens Take it for a couple weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whatever you want. Try a whole bottle. After that's done, if you don't have any type of really good response to it, you can stop. Number 10, take probiotics. This is one that I'm still a little torn on. I know that there's a lot of research that looks at the gut health in relation to how we've all developed AS. If you take probiotics, does that help your gut biome? Possibly. Are you taking the right one? Are you taking one that's got a bunch of sugar and fillers in it that really isn't helping you? I don't know. There's so many of them that you really got to watch what you're taking. And then maybe instead of taking a probiotic pill, you just eat things like the yogurt, the sauerkraut, kimchi, or kefir. Try any of those. They're available at many grocery stores and see you might have better results with that than actually taking a probiotic pill. Number 11. Boost your vitamin D intake. This is something that I've looked at. I'm actually having my vitamin D intake increased, and I have had it done for, oh gosh, six, seven years. I'm on 50,000 IUs once a week. So that is to help get my vitamin D levels up. You want to talk to your doctor. Uh, he or she is going to be able to tell you, yeah, vitamin D supplement could be good for you, or we'll do a prescription strength vitamin D to really get you a large dose of it. Again, talk to your doctor. He or she's gonna be the one to tell you what's the best avenue for you to approach that. Number 12, try melatonin. Again, melatonin is a hormone that helps regulate, you know, like sleep weight cycles, wake site melatonin is a hormone that helps regulate sleep wake cycles. There's some research that suggests melatonin supplements can help with insomnia and other sleep issues. So You can try it, talk to your doctor about it before you decide to go down that route just to make sure it doesn't affect anything of the other medications you might be on. But again, it's available over the counter at most drugstores so you can easily pick up a bottle of melatonin and try it out after discussion with your doctor. Now onto the section of live a healthy lifestyle. 13, exercise every day. This is a hard one. This goes back really to the also don't overdo it on the days you feel good. Exercise is really tricky for those of us that have pain and fatigue. I have my days when I want to exercise, my days when I don't want to exercise. And I know on some of those days when I don't want to exercise, I don't. It could be pain, stiffness, soreness, whatever. But then there's other days when I feel pretty good and, and I decide to, to go out and I just have to make sure I don't overdo it at the gym. You want to make sure that you don't overdo it to like create any additional joint pain, so that you're not stuck on the couch for a few days, like in excess pain. But there is a benefit to exercise for people with AS. The movement you do helps to keep the mobility in your body, in your joints. So I'd encourage you to do as much or as little exercise every day as you can. 14. Practice good sleep hygiene. If you're not sleeping well, it's going to mean you're probably feeling some fatigue. So like all of us with autoimmune or inflammatory diseases have to work even harder to get good rest. So make sure the quality of sleep is a top priority. You know, there's articles and articles and articles written on sleep studies. But some of the things you can do, remove the TV from your bedroom, remove your electronics from your bedroom as far as phones, uh, anything that can beat buzz that might wake you up. And then if you snore like I did, get a sleep study done and you may need a CPAP machine. I know on the nights that I don't wear my CPAP machine or don't wear it long enough, I wake up feeling like I had a terrible night's sleep, tossed, turned, and when I can keep it on for most, if not all, of the night, then I feel really well when I wake up the next morning. Fifteen, keep a blanket and pillow in your office. Well, I don't work outside the home anymore. I, I do this podcast now, and so... I got a pillow and blanket right downstairs on my bed. You, depending on your boss, may or may not be able to bring a pillow into work. That's one of those that if you have a very liberal office where you've got just great employee benefit options, you may have areas where you can take a nap. If you don't, you know, you're just going to kind of have to deal with that as you can. Number 16, ditch the soda. Soda has been the killer for me. I, I'm, having a virtually impossible time giving it up. I know it's a mind over matter, but my mind sure is not getting over on this matter. And caffeine may pep you up in the short term, but it can contribute to chronic fatigue in the long run. Artificial sweeteners in diet drinks may disrupt the balance of your gut bacteria as well and play a role in fatigue. It's best to stick to filtered water, herbal teas, and other natural drinks, you know, if you're thirsty. If you need a little sweetness... Maybe add a little bit of honey into some water or tea. It's some benefits from eating honey as well. So that's one that I'm just, I'm still trying to fight that battle on that. 17, ask about flexible work arrangements. Some jobs, they may allow you to work three, four hours in the morning, three, four hours in the afternoon with a two, three hour break in between. That's not really common, but they may be out there. So see if you can come up with any type of flexible work arrangement with your boss. They may or may not be open to it, but it never hurts to ask. Number 18, eat an anti-inflammatory diet. You know, inflammation is the underlying problem of AS. That is the issue that we deal with, is the inflammation the damage that it causes. Along with many types of arthritis, you can help to control that inflammation by what you eat. If you can reduce or eliminate processed foods, sugary sweets, salty snacks, fast food, you know, all that stuff that's tastes good but it's terrible for you. Eat more fruits, vegetables, you know, beans, clean proteins. Read up more about the anti-inflammatory food nutritionists want you to eat. There'll be a link in the show notes to that. 19. Take advantage of shopping technology. These days, there's many things you don't even have to leave your house for. Now, it's going to be dependent upon area. I live in a very small town where the closest real grocery store is 20 miles away. So there is no delivery services, but there is curbside pickup. If I don't want to go into the store, I can, yes, I'm going to pay a fee for that, but I can order my groceries and pick them up at the curbside so that I don't have to go and actually wander through the store. I can take advantage of that. When I lived in San Antonio, it was fantastic because you could actually even have your groceries delivered by some of the major chains there. So that really could keep you housebound if you were so inclined. So take advantage of that. Even some local you know, areas where you live, some smaller markets may do delivery if you're in a larger city and you don't want to shop at some of the larger chain stores, but you'd rather shop at local markets. They may have delivery service. And finally, number 20, take breaks from your phone. What do I mean by that? Well, technology can be a catch-22 when it comes to resting, You know, if you're watching Netflix or you're playing a game on your phone or surfing the web, it might feel like a good way to wind down, but it's not really rest. And depending on what you're looking at, you may get even more anxious. So take a break from your phone, set it down, especially at night when you're going to bed. It's been reviewed and researched that the blue light emitted from phones, tablets, and laptop screens can mess with your sleep which is why I said to leave them out of the bedroom. Usually about a good hour or so, half an hour before bed, eliminate that stuff so that your brain can actually start to really settle down. But overall, those are 20 items that you can look at, use some, use all of them for helping to cope with fatigue. I hope it works, and I wish you the best in this ongoing fight we all deal with called ankylosing spondylitis. Take care.